Let's get ready to barbecue! Cowboy Kev here, welcoming you to another episode of the Man Meat Barbecue Show with your host, Mikey K. Man Meat Barbecue is brought to you by Fire and Smoke Barbecue Company, your place for small batch, high quality seasonings, and if you're in the Chicago area, catering. Man Meat Barbecue is also brought to you by Myron Mix and Smokers. Are you on the competition circuit or just looking to kill it around the cul-de-sac? Check out Myron Mix and Smokers. They've got a cooker for you. And now, from the Jealous Devil Studios, the charcoal that lights our fire. Can't get anything better than that. Don't forget, use the code MANMEATBARBECUE at checkout for some great deals. Here is our host, Mikey K. Take it away, Mike. We are hanging out with Casey from Simper Fine Barbecue. If you spell it out, it's S-E-M-P-E-R underscore F-I-N-E underscore BBQ on Instagram. That's where you're going to go to follow them. Go check out what they're doing. Um, it looks like they kind of have some stuff to talk about. There, there looks like there might be a little barbecue trailer in, in the building. Um they are also ambassadors for a couple different things, which we will get we will get into all of that. Um, but they look like they're making some fine, fine cue. They are from Washington State, so it, it it's fun going up up to Washington State again to talk barbecue, which is not a you know not a barbecue region. But as I've been talking to a bunch of people, and as we've been saying, um, I, I feel like the barbecue regions are slowly getting. Um, kind of going away not going away necessarily but people are starting to show a lot of great barbecue from other other places so casey i want to say thank you so much for coming on the show and hanging out with us mikey k what is up my brother thank you for having me on <laughs> so 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 i'm on the instagram that first little photo looks interesting you want you want to share anything about it yeah um is so it, are we working are we doing some we're, work? We're, we're going to be working. We're going to be working soon. Um, we've been doing the old brick and mortar, load up the smoker into the trailer and haul it somewhere. And it's a pain in the ass. But it works. You know, people love it. But now we got, I've had, you know, hundreds of DMs coming in on Instagram where people are saying, hey, where are you at? We want to come in and get some food. And I'm like, uh, catering only. So, you know, sorry. But pretty soon we're going to have this, you know, going and ran into an opportunity where, um, actually it's a wrestler on my high school team's parents. So we have a, a trolley that's a food, you know, we convert it to a food cart. We want you guys to use it. So that's kind of where we're at. We're in the talks right now. So it's, it's, it's going. Very cool, dude. Very, very cool. Which means there's a lot of craziness in your future. Yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> <already> does, you know. <laughs> so man, what, what made you start cooking barbecue? Well, I've got a pretty good background in you know culinary arts uh i started when i was in high school and, you know I, i'm in a small town it's like you know back when i was growing up it was like 800 people now it's like 2300 so it's still not that big but you know all the kids gravitated toward one restaurant we all you know became dishwashers there and if you were good enough you, you know got to be a prep, prep cook and learn the trade and and so i did that and then i moved on and um went to the marine corps and did eight years in the marine corps and it wasn't until my last four years i was forced out of the you know, military uh, occupation, especially that I was in the job I was in and forced to be a cook. And I was kind of like, Oh man, I've seen the movies here. going to be slinging slop and blah, blah, blah. But they actually sent me to some really good schools where, you know, culinary Institute of arts instructors were there teaching us how to do stuff. I mean, it was, it was pretty legit. And we were making ice sculptures and garnish and all that stuff. And, um, I was kind of like, I just don't want to cook for people in a restaurant. It's not my, it's not my jam, you know? And, I would go to family functions and people's functions and people invite me over and I'd bring some food over and everybody's like, dude, you need to sell this stuff. What are you doing? I was like, yeah, whatever. And my wife was always like, dude, you need, you need a food truck. You need to do this. And I was like, yeah, okay, whatever. And, and we watched, watched the movie chef. And I was like, Oh yeah, I could probably do this. I should do it. And about three years ago, we were sitting on the couch watching TV and she's like, I want something for Christmas or my birthday. Can you get it for me? I said, what's that? She goes, 55 inch TV. And I'm like, Oh, well shit. What guy doesn't want a 55 inch TV in his house? I said, yeah, go ahead, baby. Can I have something? She goes, what? I said, I kind of want to try one of those pellet smokers. I know how you feel about pellet smokers and everybody feels about pellet smokers, but I was kind of like, I want to try it. 
so I'd been smoking on like, you know, my Weber kettle yep. and other um, apparatus I had, you know, different grills and stuff and smoking it. And I was kind of like, I'll try one. So I tried one. I was like, this is kind of cool, you know? And it wasn't until I took some uh, ribs, to, ribs to work and everybody was like, oh my God, these are amazing, dude. You know, and one guy was like, how much would you charge for a rack of ribs? I was like, 25 bucks. Like, <laughs> I like how you instantly had it though. You, you weren't like... <laughs> Let me think about it. You're like 25 bucks. Yeah, 25 bucks. They're baby backs, you know. So I said, sure. And so I was like, well, hey, so and so's buying ribs. So how many people want to buy ribs right now? So all of a sudden I had like nine orders. So I texted my wife. I said, anybody want to buy ribs at your work? All of a sudden we had like 15 racks of ribs we had to cook for people. So I was like, sweet. So I cooked them all up on, on one pellet smoker. And I was like, ooh, that was rough. It was like two five hour shifts. And then. I was like, um, this might be kind of serious here. Maybe we should get another smoker. So I bought an Oklahoma Joe offset, you know, and yep. started, you know, you know, practicing the, you know, the stick burner stuff and got that down pretty good. And the 15 went to 30. And I was like, man, this is, I'm outgrowing both these things. I mean, this is kind of getting rough here. It's a long day. And it wasn't until a guy who owned a brewery was like, dude, um, where do you, where do you work? I want to, I want to hire you. Do you work somewhere? Cause I want to hire you on to be my chef here. And I was like, Oh, okay. Well, let me come down and talk to you. He had a brewery in, in Bremerton, Washington. And we went down and it wasn't a commercial kitchen. It was like a warming station. That's kind of like, bro, I, I, dude. I get what you're saying. I get what you're feeling. Yep. <laughs> yeah, man. I said, this is hot dogs and nachos, dude. I said, I need, if you want me to do full on meals, I need something else. And so we did that gig and I introduced a new, um, a new meal. It was a, I call it the Devil Dog Sunday, which a lot of people are doing now. But three years ago, you didn't see it too much, but it was macaroni and cheese with the pulled pork on top and the barbecue sauce and the pickles. And went down there and did an event, and we made enough for fifty people because microbrews don't get a lot of people in there. I know, know, I do it. I work in them every single weekend. Yeah, you know, and they 15, 20, 30 people. So I made it for fifty people, and we sold out in an hour and a half. And I was like, hmm, we may be onto something here, you know. And I was outside cooking because i cook almost every day since i got that thing i got all the smokers going i was just like i love this and i was like maybe this is my calling and i started thinking about my wife talking and everything's been told me in the past i was like maybe i should start something doing i was like this is some fine ass barbecue and i was like whoa wait semper fine barbecue because of my marine corps back background i want to do the semper fi semper fine thing so i said hey let's start this and she's like well i'll start doing some stuff and my company was like we want to hire you we want to cater to you to do our um or want you to cater our picnic, which is like 140 people. Yeah. So I'm like, hell yeah, I'll do it. So I put together a menu for him, which at the time was like, I didn't have the smokers to do it, but I was like, okay, we'll buy a new one. And bought a bigger one, and it was like taking forever to get it here. And I was like stressing out, I'm like, dude, this is this is bullshit. <laughs> We're not getting the smoker here. Shit's like two weeks away. What's going to happen? And finally, the guy's like, bro, I got your smoker. Come meet me, which was a cluster and all itself too but we got it and i was like okay cool so i reached out to one of the girls i follow on instagram who her thing is pork butts that's what she does okay and she was like pork butts okay so i said i'm doing 140 people how much do you do you know person per pork butt and she's like uh it's 10 people per eight pounds of pork butt i said sweet okay cool so i did the math in my head i said i'll go to the store so i went and bought these bags of pork butts because they're, they're sold in bags there's like I don't know, five or six in a bag, you know? So I bought a couple of them. I was like, okay, we'll get it home. These pork butts were like 12 pounds a piece. I didn't know that, you know? I throw them in the smoker. I seize them all up and get them all ready to go. And I'm like, okay. So I know it's going to be a long cook. So I start the night before because I know that they want to have the picnic at 11. And I'm like, okay, cool. I got this. So during the middle of the night, the smoker goes out. <laughs> and I'm like, I wake up. I'm like, how long has this been out for? So I probe, I'm like, oh, it's 145 degrees. Okay, cool. So I started back up. I'm like, okay, I get going. And they just are not moving. They're not, I'm like, oh Yeah, because they stalled out on you off the, off the, off the uh, once it, once that smoker went out, that they started probably losing yeah. temperature and they stalled yeah, out on I'm you. Like, so I'm shitting bricks, man. I'm like, okay, what the hell? So I turn back on, get everything going. And I'm like, cool, okay, here we go. And I, so every like hour, I'm taking a nap. And I wake up at like seven in the morning. I'm like, okay, well, we got to be there. At, you know, and then my wife, she's doing, she's taking turns too. We're doing like an hour shifts. She's waking up, I'm waking up. And it's like seven o'clock and the, the, the butts are like 175 degrees. I'm like, are you freaking kidding me right now? 
I got to be here in like four hours. So I start cutting the butts in half, <laughs> you know, I'm like, okay, these are too huge, you know, to so cut them in half. And still, by the time we left, they were like 185 degrees. I'm like, okay, that's fine. We get there, we'll set everything up, get the smoker going. Hopefully they'll be fine. And some of the small ones were great. So luckily they didn't have 140 people show up. They had like 115. Yeah. So I had butts to pull out that were just shredding beautifully and everything went good. And I was like, Oh, that was a pain in the ass. And <laughs> so I went home and smoked the rest of the bus, the rest of the way, brought them back to the uh, company and put them in their fridge. And said, hey, you guys got pork, you know, pulled pork for forever, you know. So <laughs> that was pretty much like, okay, cool. It was rough, but I like that. And so then we went officially. We got, you know, we went and did our permits and our licensing. And and from there, it just, you know. You stopped being the barbecue drug dealer. Yeah, pretty much, you know. And so from there, it was like, cool, you know. So I was like here we go. So we're, so we're making plans. We're getting, you know, the game plan together. And we like, we got like, uh, I was still doing rib cooks. So my rib cooks were from like 15 racks to like 30 to 40 racks. And I was just like, okay, cool. That's awesome. Just wrap them up and give them to people. They're happy. And, um, so they were like, okay, this is the plan. I'm, I'm done. I'm done working my regular job. We've got a game plan. Let's do this. We got everything set. And, so we had five events set up. We had like a, a huge festival up here. It's called Viking Fest in Paulsville, yep. Washington. And then we had all the um, county fairs. They're right up, you know, for, we registered for all of them. And COVID hit. <clears throat> and I was like, and I already stopped because I was like, going to quit my job. And then I was like, oh, maybe we should hang out a little bit because our daughter's getting married here at the end of the month. So I just don't want something to happen. And so my wife's like, oh, cool. Yeah, don't do that. Just wait a little bit. And um it was like two weeks later, COVID hit, and we're like, oh, are you kidding me? And they laid off everybody in the company except like three of us. <laughs> so I was like, oh, man, what do we do? You know. So, But luckily, we've had um, people calling us up wanting us to cater events. And Hey, dude, I, I, I am a little bit ahead of you in your story, in your story life. Um, I quit my, my day job uh, last April. In, in 2008, I think it, no, 2018, I quit, right? Yeah. 2019, I think it was two, well, one of those years. Uh, I quit my day job to go full-time barbecue, and I bought out my business partner earlier this year, uh, which cost me some money, and um, then we put a bunch of money down on a trailer, on a custom rig trailer, and literally, yeah. like, two weeks later... I'm sitting in a bar watching the TV, you know, watching, we're all sitting there watching the TV and the governor of our state is telling, telling us how they are shutting down restaurants and they are shutting down breweries. And that's, that's a majority of my income. Yeah. yeah. Now we do, we do catering and stuff like that, but a majority of our income comes from our pop-ups. Yeah. You know what I mean? Out here, there's so many places to cater. There's so many crazy things that it's it's a very big battle to get caterings. Um, yeah. I always say it's a little bit different than like your your story, which is amazing. Uh, but you have that small town like catering niche, which is awesome. You know what I mean? Yeah. You can yeah. rely on that. Where we can't because we don't have that. Um, but it's like, oh shit! We all literally looked at each other and we were like, "What the fuck are we all gonna do for?" for like we all this is how we make money and then it i don't know how hard it hit you guys but like we then couldn't get supplies stores were um stores were basically telling us like hey uh you can get one one pack of gloves yeah and it's like, no, 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 you don't understand. I need, I need, I need four cases. Like, I, I need these, you know, I need this. Um, we, we work with a couple different meat suppliers and it's like, they were like, oh, well, here's brisket prices. Here's rib prices. And we're like, how the fuck do you want us to, to survive? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. At one point we took brisket completely off our menu because... I was like, I don't make, I can't, I can't justify charging you $40 a pound. Yeah. But I, if I don't charge you $40 a pound, I'm going to make, 
maybe a dollar a pound. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like after after yielding and people are like, well, that's not bad. I'm like, it's $15 for 15 hours worth of work. <laughs> exactly. A buck an hour. Like it ain't happening. You know what I mean? Right. And it's like, we're not, we're not Franklin's. We ain't selling 300 briskets. Yeah. Which still it wouldn't matter. Right. Yeah. You're still not making enough money to make the wheels go around. So it is. I, I'm I'm super happy you guys are are still doing good and and people are are doing the ribs. I love that story about the ribs. Um, I feel like that's a very big um, barbecue thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think that's a very common barbecue story when people are like, "Yeah, so I started selling ribs." I feel like that's such like a great thing to go to. Like uh, my buddy Chandler did the same thing. Uh, you know we. Like when I was first starting out, not fully legal, you know, we were, we were, we were hustling shit out. You know what I mean? And it, uh, yeah, a bit, I'm there now, you know? Yeah, so Yeah. I, I feel you. And it, it's fantastic. I love it. Um, and it, I, I'm glad that you are selling at a, um, appropriate rate of an amount of money because yeah. there's a lot of guys out there, one in, you know, one guys that'll come out and say, Oh, well, how much do you want for ribs? Oh, well, this guy over here is doing them for 15 or 20. Yeah. And you're like, Yeah, but it's like, dude, how are you doing your ribs for $15? Exactly. Like, my rib costs 12. So you're telling me you're smoking, your rub, and all your time is worth $3 a rack? Yeah. <laughs> Like I can't buy I can't buy my fuel for that. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, how are you doing that? And there's a lot of guys out there. Um, there was a guy around me that actually was doing the same thing, and we were we were we were at a we were kind of in a in a similar place, and um, he was talking to another guy that owns a restaurant, and the guy goes, "You need to start upping your prices because we're all starting to get pissed." He's like, well, "What do you mean?" He's like, Ev you are undercutting everybody. And he's like, yeah, but I'm getting business. He's like, no, no, no. He's like, that's not the business you want. He's like, when you undercut people, it makes it worse for everyone as a whole. Yeah. Because then, then, it, then, it, then you're getting a new, <clears throat> like, and I, I, I've said it numerous times, dude. I'm not, I'm not in it to be a race to the bottom. Like, that's nope. not. That's that's not my goal. Like I don't want you to be like, hey, I can make a cheeseburger for ten dollars. Cool, I can make one for nine. Well, I can make one for eight. That's that's not the race I want to be in. Like, that is not the goal, right? So it, it's always nice to see other barbecue guys that are starting out and doing it that are are valuing their time and valuing their their um their product to yeah. say, hey, this is worth some kind of money because not only is my time worth x y and z right but the product and all that stuff and doing what i'm doing is worth money and i mean you, you know how much smokers cost and everyone that's listening to the show you guys all know how much smokers cost yeah guys the, our tools cost a lot of money and every time we light them up we're putting wear and tear on them you know it, it's just what we do yep now what smokers that's are you using right now I have, uh, I had a guy a year and a half ago. Um, so based on where I'm at in Washington state, I'm, I'm way up North. I'm in the Olympic peninsula. Okay. Uh, the whole rainforest it's wet, it's stormy, it's rainy, it's nasty. We've had counting May four weeks of summer. So <laughs> when I say that it's been in the fifties most of the time, you know, which is almost Alaska type. Um, and I, you know, I was researching, I was like, oh, what kind of wood can I get? You know, I'm a hard time finding wood. So I was like, Man, I gotta go to a pellet smoker, you know. So I ran to a guy out of Boise, Idaho, uh, Outlaw Smokers, and he made this monster smoker. This out, we call it the Outlaw 3000. It was huge. It's it's huge, and it cooks about 40 racks of ribs. It's a monster. Nice. And uh, so I got in contact with him, and they, they they build them on order, and it's you know thick steel, everything. It's legit, and uh, his whole thing was this thing holds smoke with the pellets better 
So you actually feel like you're actually having, you know, because a lot of the, you know, the pellet grills and stuff, you, know, you taste them like, oh, it's got something on there, but it's not smoky, like, you know, an, off, an offset stick burner or something like yep. that. And uh, so, you know, I put some, this is a good story too. I put some uh, faith in him and didn't even know the guy. And he was, you know, I called him up and he was kind of like, just not computer savvy. Oh, yeah, man. Oh, this from Texas. And uh, I said, well, I got 3,000 bucks to you. I want to buy a smoker, you know? So, your website's not working. What's going on? Oh, we got hackers and stuff. So I'm like, okay. I just yeah, because somebody's smoke. hacking your website, your, your random smoker <laughs> yeah. website. So I'm like, you know, here's 3000 bucks, dude. Charge my card. Charge it. And it's like, how long will it be? Oh, well, we're, in a, we're doing good right now. So it's going to be about three weeks. So three weeks come and go. And I'm like, okay, where's my smoker? Four weeks come. I'm like, so I'm trying to call the guy, text the guy, nothing. I'm like, this well, guy stole my money. Grand. Yeah, I'm fucking driving to goddamn Idaho with my guns, and we're going to find out what's going on. So about five weeks in, he calls me up. You ready to get your smoker? I said, well, yeah, yeah dude. Weeks ago, bro. <laughs> Three weeks, man. I got a freaking event coming up. So we drive down about two and a half hours from in our house. Because he's doing – he had a service run somewhere in Oregon, and he had to go somewhere. And he's like, yeah, I'll be there at like 4 o'clock. So we you know, plan our day. Okay, we'll get off, get the trailer, drive down there, get some dinner, chill out calls me up he's like and the guy's awesome i'm not dishing him. He, he's awesome he's like oh yeah man uh so we had a setback here i had a service call and it took longer than i thought so we're about four hours from you i'm like dude it's five o'clock you're supposed to be here at four so we sit in this goddamn truck stop for four hours oh god me and my wife looking at ourselves going what the hell you know you can only eat so much burger king and finally <laughs> he shows up <laughs> finally he shows up with a smoker. We're like, okay, okay, we'll get a hotel. We'll stay the night. Drive back around in the morning. I'll make it to work. Finally, he shows up. And I was just excited. So we got the smoker on the thing. You know, 600-pound bastard. Wheeled up in the U-Haul and drive home. And then it's the learning curve. Like, how's this thing work? And how's it going to be? And, uh, but it's it's a pretty awesome machine. It's it's actually to the point now. Because we're getting ready to have another smoker build. Um, an off-stick big one uh, that holds a lot of meat. And we'll probably pick that up in the spring. So that big one that we have out there will become our warming box because, yeah. you know, it's pellet and stuff. I want, I, don't, I want wood. We've been, you know, we've been using wood here lately and we love it and everybody else loves <clears> it. So we're, um, so I got about can't five beat that real wood flavor, son. Yeah. Yeah. The real wood flavor is the shit, you know? And so, you know, it, it just does make a little bit of difference. And now that, you know, I've learned how, you know, fire management, how to actually cook with that stuff. It's, it's good. And, you know, I got, you know, I got Weber kettle sitting in the yard. I got some pit bosses sitting out there. I got the big one. I got another Oklahoma Joe, you know, it's upgraded with all kinds of, you know, different mods on it and stuff that cooks awesome. So, um, it's kind of where we're at right now. We're just, you know, we get the bigger picture going on. So that's it. You know, that's where we're at. There you go. Yeah. It's working. And, I mean, the food looks fantastic. It looks like you're doing, you're doing a good job. And yeah. You know, and, um, my ribs are, you know, I, I, I made the ribs the way I wanted to. So, everybody, you know, and that's the thing about up here is like you said, there's not a big, it's not a big thing up here, but we got, you know, three or four different barbecue people in our area and I'm not dishing them, but you know, you, you know, everybody's Texas inspired, oh, Texas, authentic Texas barbecue. I didn't want to be that. I want to be Pacific Northwest barbecue, yeah. you know? And I got the opportunity to live in Austin for like 18 weeks. I was there forever. And I got to eat all the barbecue in the world, try it all out. Some was good. Some was horrible, you know? And came home and I, I had in my mind what I wanted to do. You know, I wanted to, I wanted that first bite. You were like, oh, this is sweet. And all of a sudden, like, ooh, there's some spice in that. And I nailed it. And I just kept with that. I didn't want to change anything up. And um, some of the spices I use are, I'm on a pro team out of, of Texas. And I use uh, Derek's spices. I love them. But if you use too much, man, it is hot. It's like. The pepper dude, builds. Yeah, it is fucking hot. And he, you know, he's like. You know, listen to all your podcasts with all the different spice guys and stuff. He uses authentic shit. He buys from certain purple people and he hand mixes them himself and he packages them himself and they're freaking hot. You know, if you use too much, man, it's whew, you're it's, it's gonna be a ride. So I learned how to use his spices <laughs> after a couple months, and then I put uh, I got a couple of sweet rubs I use on there and it just works, man. And people are like, dude, where where these ribs come from? And that's been our bread and butter. That and our mac and cheese. Our mac and cheese is stellar. People. Yeah, people are buying the mac and cheese like no tomorrow. They want that almost over the ribs, you know. Yeah, we so. get that. We we're we're known for our uh, we're known for our pork belly. We do a, we do a lot of pork belly burn ends. Um, 
we're also known for our mac and cheese, our pulled pork mac, which is basically, you know, mac and cheese, top pulled pork, a little bit of drizzle on top of it, served all nicely. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah, you know, that that's that's what we're known for. And um, people love people do love our brisket. We do say we're Texas-inspired. Not Texas-inspired. We, we serve Texas-style. And the yeah. reason I say it that way is we serve with – we don't. I don't sauce any of the meats, mm-hmm. which like there's really no other region in in barbecue that doesn't sauce the meat before they serve. Yeah. Right. So that's why I always say it's Texas Texas style. Um, but like our brisket, our brisket does fall Texas. Mm-hmm. Um, our ribs, I would say our ribs are more of a Nashville dry rib, or um, a, sorry, a Memphis dry rib than anything. That's kind of where we go for it. Um, and then our pulled pork, it, it's almost like, um, kind of Kansas city ish, mm-hmm. not su- but we don't sauce it. So you, yeah. once you add sauce, then it'll be a little bit more Kansas city. Um, and then, I mean, no, there's nowhere that, that claims pork belly burn ends. No, no, it's just you know, whatever. Yeah. That, that's just kind of out there. And, yeah. Um, and for that, I do give it a nice little pepper kick to it. Mm-hmm. Because I know the sauce, this we have a sweet sauce, so there'll be a pepper kick on it, but the sauce is going to tone it down. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean, because the sweetness from the sauce is just going to bring yep. it down. Uh, so I can go a little bit crazy on my pepper. Uh, we have our own, we do have our own rub line on there, and we get the same, you know, we get the same thing said to us, you know, man, that pepper builds, yeah, because it's real fucking pepper. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Like, we didn't didn't leave it, you know, on a shelf for six to eight months, and then you go, oh, yeah, you know, here we go. Yeah. It's all there. Like, it's all all, all, um, fresh and and, and right there, ready to go. Yeah. So, I think a lot of people, sometimes when they use our rubs, they'll be like, oh, I use too much. Or your rub's super hot. And I'm like, well, how much of it did you use? Yeah. Or I'll get, I'll get, or I'll ask the question, like, did you try it before you put it on your ribs? Well, no, but I caked it on. The hell didn't you try a seasoning before you threw it on some meat? Like, to know how much to put on. Right? I mean, well, some things need pepper. Brisket needs pepper. Brisket needs a lot of pepper. Yeah, you cake that shit on, and it, you know, you get that bark, and it's just beautiful. And you know, I, I don't do, I can't say I'm like you. I do a lot of brisket. I do brisket on, you know, when somebody wants it, you know. And I've got my brisket down. My brisket's pretty good. It's, you know, actually really good. Um, but up here, it's not. A lot of people, it's you know, they'll say country. Yeah, we want brisket, but so I did an event three weeks ago, and well, it was about eight weeks ago because COVID hit, and they're like, oh, and, and their governor pushed everything. They call me up and want to talk to me about what they want for their menu. And they're like, we really want brisket. Because they're like real down-home country folk. Yep. We want brisket. And I was like, but we know it's too expensive. I say, well, have you guys had tri-tip? They're like, well, no. No, we haven't. I said, I actually cook a tri-tip like a brisket, which just started some wars on the internet with me. Because I don't do it the traditional way. I don't, you know, 375 for 20 minutes and then reverse sear it. I cook it low and slow for about five hours. And this stuff comes out freaking amazing. And so I called it Triscuit. And I got a sandwich I do out of it. And um, it's pretty much a sandwich. I got a Triscuit sandwich and then I got a Triscuit dip, which is like a French dip, but with Triscuit. And so I, I talk them into that. And when they once they have, they're like, holy shit, dude. This is like the most amazing meat we ever had. Now do like, the fat cap on it? No, I actually trim it off. Okay. I trim it off. I rub it down. And then I cook it like a brisket. And it gets that bark on it. And you know, there's no pink in it anymore, but it, it renders down where it gets so soft and it just pulls apart. And people are just like, yeah, people ask me, can I have some more of that brisket? I'm like, mm, it's not brisket, but okay, that's cool. Whatever. <laughs> You're here eating. It's okay. We just, we just did an event and um, we had somebody, somebody asked me, they were like, what's the brisket? And I'm like, well, it's, you know, this from the cow, it's beef. And he's like, so brisket's beef? I'm like, yeah, did I not just, like, explain that to you? Yeah. Well, it's amazing. A lot of people just don't know. They come out there and they're like, you know, so when I first started doing, you know, going full on barbecue, 
I still had Texas stuck in my head, Austin. So I was like telling my wife, you know, she what do you want to do? I want to do this right here and throw two pieces of white bread on there. She's white bread. Why? What's they do in Texas? Because people here aren't going to understand that. People like, don't. And I started, so we, we started with white bread, right? And yeah. all I, I would just see people throwing away white bread. Yeah. They're like, oh, fuck that white bread. So like, I was like, it. I was like, okay, cool. So let's slice the, well, because we do a lot of breweries, right? So people are like, well, I'm already drinking my carbs. Um, I don't need them. So I was like, okay, let's slice it in half. <laughs> and that was going over, mm, okay, whatever, whatever. And then I'm sitting and talking with a friend and I'm like, what if I did cornbread? And he's like, it might work. He's like, it might not though. And I'm like, yeah, but making cornbread's not that expensive. And he's like, you're right. He's like, Get, he's like, just fucking try it. He's like, what's it going to cost you? 10 bucks on a pop-up? If you don't sell any cornbread? Yeah. I'm like, you're right. Shit, dude, we put cornbread on our menu. This is the best idea we've ever done. <laughs> yeah. Because at first, at first we didn't offer cornbread. We just offered it with our brisket. So you got brisket and cornbread. And then we, we kept getting people walking up to us and like, well, can we just get cornbread on top of whatever we're getting? And I was like, man, I didn't really make enough cornbread to sell without the brisket. You know what I mean? Like when you pour yeah, yeah. stuff out. And then I'm like, okay, cool. So I started making more cornbread and we started putting it on our menu. And now it's crazy, dude. We will sell 30 to 40 extra pieces of cornbread. A pop-up. Yeah. Just because, like, people are like, oh, I'll get your pulled pork mac, I'll get this, I'll get this, and I'll get three pieces of cornbread. I'll get this, I'll get this, I'll get I'll get two pieces of cornbread. And we're like, oh, okay, cool. We had one lady come up, and she's like, I'm not really hungry. Can I just have five pieces of cornbread? <laughs> and I'm like, you don't want anything else? She's like, no, I just want five pieces of cornbread. That is literally yeah. all I want. And I'm like, oh, oh, okay, I think. You know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. just like the weirdest thing to be like, you just want five, like, just just five pieces of cornbread? Yeah. She's like, yep. And I was like, okay. But, hey, it, it's crazy how well, um, and I think it might be a Midwestern thing. A lot of Midwest people like cornbread. So yeah. it, it might be the fact that, like, we're just pulling in the roots of where we're at and saying, hey, okay, we're going to adapt a little bit here. Yes, our brisket's still Texas style, but we serve it with cornbread instead of a piece of white bread. What's the difference? Cornbread's a staple, you know. White bread's like, oh, you don't have money, you get white bread, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, cornbread's almost gourmet sometimes, you know. It's like, oh, they make cornbreads, that's awesome, you know. I mean, see, but for me, like, I'm a huge fan of, like, taking a piece of brisket and throwing it between white bread and just eating it that way. Like, I Ooh, like white bread. Dude, white bread's just the shit. You know, it's like people always ask me, they're like, dude, you know, your barbecue's so awesome. You must be spoiled eating all that barbecue. I said, nah, I don't eat it. Dude, no. I said, I get done cooking, man. I'm around the corner with a cheese sandwich on white bread. Chow yeah. on that, dude. I just don't eat it because I'm like, I eat it. I've had it so much. It's like, I just want other people to be happy. I want them to eat it. And, well, and the thing happy. is, like, when you're done cooking, you've been, you've been smelling it all day long. You've taste tested what you need to. You know what everything tastes like. Um, so it's like, no, I just don't want to eat it. I'm done. Yeah. That's what we do all the time. And like I've been around it for 18 hours. <laughs> yeah. Most people don't do it all the time. You know, we're sitting there, you know, at three in the morning or whatever, all day long. We're tired. Yep. We're cranky. We're, we've been cooking and we're serving. And I just want to see the wow factor in people's faces. You know, like, you know, here's this, you know, there's, a, there's a guy. So Three weeks ago, I had a, a crowd of people that I've never seen before, and we got a guy, not even at the other end of the county, he's actually, at the other end of the county, he's actually at the base of the other county, and he, that's what he does, is barbecue. He's got nine smokers out there, he's got tents up, he smokes 24 hours. So he's got a staff up there smoking all the time. Like, okay, so, yeah, I was going to say, he's got a staff, he's not the... Yeah, he's kicking ass, he's doing good. He's sleeping. And so I was like, oh, I'm a sermon barbecue, I know there's so many people in there, and the first thing I want to hear was... I want to watch people take their food, sit down, and just watch what their expressions were. And when they look at each other and say, wow, you know, then come back and say, dude, his is my favorite, but it was my <coughs> favorite. Now he's my favorite. And that's what I look for is like, I don't want to sit there and walk around and say, I'm the best there is. 
Cause I don't feel that way. I just want people to say, dude, okay, I'm recommending you to everybody. Yeah. Cause to me, that's the battle right there. I've done my job. Everything's awesome. I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. And then we go home and experiment and make some other shit up, you know? And so. Oh, what, like one of the things that me and my buddy Kev talk about um, a lot is we're both in a, in a, in a region where barbecue's not necessarily the, the, the primary food, kind of like where you are, right? Yeah. Um, you, nobody goes to Washington and says, hey, I expect a certain type of barbecue to come out of Seattle. Washington, no, not at all. Or out, of, out of Washington, right? So that like same thing with Chicago. Like Chicago's known for its rib tips. That's what we're known for. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was because when <coughs> barbecue joints first started in Chicago, you know, a lot of the people would, a lot of the um, pitmasters would go to the butcher and be like, "Well, what's your cheapest cut?" And they were like, "Well, we're throwing those rib tips away." Because they would they would cut you know they would cut the rib tips off the off the off yeah. the um off the ribs and they would just throw them away because they were like nobody wants to shift through that cartilage nobody wants to, there's not much meat there at you know what I'm saying so a yeah. lot of these guys started just taking it and fucking cooking it and selling it that way and then the butchers learned and they were like hey listen we're you guys are making money we're we're gonna start fucking charging you guys <laughs> you know. Yeah. And that's how everything always changes, um, as you know, as it goes. But it's like that—that's what it got known for. But besides that, it, we're not known for much other barbecue. And I mean, we're known for rib tips and aquarium smokers. Aquarium smokers were really, really big in Chicago. Um, they're mm-hmm. these weird, like plexiglass, like looking things where the fire's on the bottom. They're very, very inspired to like um, Carolina cookers. Um, mm-hmm. you know, where they're throwing ash on the bottom, burning real wood and doing that kind of stuff, but they're completely see-through, uh, and they get very, very disgusting very, very quickly, uh, oh, yeah. because soot just kind of sits on them and just gets, you know, kind of grody looking, but that's the big thing that that's Chicago, that's Chicago barbecue, right? So yeah. the nice thing about like you and me is we can experiment. Like you were saying, I'm going home, I'm going to experiment. You can go home and experiment and do something like your tri-tip where if you're in, you know, Tennessee and you do something like that, man, that shit's not moving off your menu. Yeah. Nobody's looking at it. No, you know what I mean? It doesn't matter how much you promote it or how good it is. You're going to have maybe five people a night ordering it and you're going, shit, how do we move this stuff? Yeah. You know? And, and that... But yet, where you're at, you can kind of do that, and it doesn't it doesn't change the fact. It doesn't no. like, you know what I mean? It's it's not like somebody will actually be open minded to it and try it. Now, I've yeah. talked to a couple people in your area about smoking and, and and cooking barbecue in that area, and one of the things I want to ask you about is. Do you feel that that moist weather helps you out? Because some of the pitmasters I've talked to say that they love, they're like, it's almost perfect weather for barbecue because there's so much moisture. It keeps so much moisture in their chambers. Well, so <clears throat> I know you've had Nick from Salt Fire Barbecue on and yep. he's more south. He's way south. I mean, they, they have awesome weather down there. They get warm. They get nice. They, it's still humid. Um, we're just wet all the time, windy on the hood canal. It's so when I'm at up North, it's, it's, it's nasty. It's all nasty all the time. So we got wind to deal with. We got rain most of the time to deal with. And what I've noticed is, yeah, the moisture, um, I don't have to put a water pan in there. My food doesn't dry out. You know, I still do my spritzing and mopping and all that, but the food doesn't dry out. Even sometimes I'll put a water pan in there cause I'm just, because of what you do, but, um, don't have to, but I still deal with the elements like, you know, temperature swings on the, you know, the smoker and stuff. I'm like, geez, you know, what's going on. And you notice that when the weather gets warmer, it's like, Oh, this is much easier to maintain right now and stuff. Um, and I've noticed elevation too. elevation. A lot of elevation people say, well, a huge play part. Yeah, it does. You know, and it's like when I lived in, I lived in Las Vegas for 12 years and when I cooked, I had a dehydrator. I used to cook beef jerky all the time. It'd take me seven hours. When I first got here and put my dehydrator up and said, I'm going to do some jerky, it was like two hours in, it was almost done. I'm like, what the hell's going on? We're at sea level. You know, I'm like, I could throw a rock and hit the water right now from my house, you know? Yeah. So 
you start actually it does make a difference. Just you got to think about that. Does it really? How much of a difference does it make? You know, but um, humidity, yes, it makes a difference. I, I just think it's easier to keep your meats moist. They don't get as you know. The only thing I know is differences is um, like cooking butcher paper versus foil. Okay. Butcher paper just doesn't work here. Well, for me, it doesn't work here. I mean, I've done it several times. I'm like, I just don't get the same effect as I get as tin foil. And I don't know if it's because it's colder and everything cools down quicker, but the foil tends to hold the heat longer and it works for me, you know? So, because I wish I am going to cook a butcher paper because everybody swears a butcher paper and I, I do it. And I'm like, man, I didn't get the same result I did last time with the tin foil, you know? And so maybe it's the temperature, maybe it's the climate. I don't know, you know? So it's, I just stick with what works. You know, which you should do when you're, you know, smoking or barbecuing. Um, when it's not fixed, don't break it. Pretty much, you know. So, <laughs> you know, and I, you know, something, you know, that's part of the whole thing. You know, you hear, you read things, you do things, you're like, oh, I'm gonna try that because everybody swears by it. But then you gotta think, where are they at? Oh, he's in Texas. Well, it's dry as hell there. It's humid, but still dry as hell there. You know, yeah. Like I'm in Florida. It's humid, but still dry. It's still got the hot heat. We don't have the hot heat here. You know, I'm up north. I'm at the mountains, man. I'm in the woods. So everything does change a little bit, you know? Well, I think that's um, – and that, that's one of the things that I've, I've talked to my boy, buddy Kev from about. And it's like – it's the, uh, the keyboard cooks, right? Yeah. The people that cook from their computer. You got to yeah. love those guys. You got to yeah. fucking love those guys. And I, I've gotten into, into shit with people on the internet and it, I, I tend to just stay out of it because it's like, dude, do you cook day in and day out? No, I don't. Okay, well then shut the fuck up. Um, yeah. You know what I mean? Like I cook day in, day out. This is how, I, this is my livelihood. It's what I do. I know what I'm doing and people, people love my food. And my favorite is when they're like, well, do you do competition barbecue? Yeah. Every single day. You want to know who my competition is? The person who's coming and giving me money. That's my competition judge. Exactly. Because either they're going to give me money again or they're not. Yeah. And it's a hell of a lot harder for you to come up to somebody and say, oh my God, that was an amazing, like what I paid you was completely worth it. I had a guy, we did a pop-up, I had a guy come back three different times to try everything. You know what I mean? <laughs> everything on the menu. That's what you want. And he's like, and he didn't buy just one serving of each thing. <clears throat> he bought numerous servings of each thing. Which means he spent a good amount of money for his group of friends to eat. Yeah. And it's like, you don't, you don't get that normally. If it's no. not good, they don't come back and give you their credit card again, right? That's just yeah. how it is. So, yeah. and it's so much easier for a judge to go, mm, yeah, this is an eight, mm, this is an eight point five, this is a nine. That they're not paying for shit. No. Like when you said, like you know, somebody was like, hey, how much for these ribs? And you're like twenty five bucks, and they were like, cool, I'm I'm willing. So what they're looking at is they're saying. That your ribs at $25 are a good enough value for them to part way with that money, right? They believe yeah. that they're getting a better deal at $25 than the $25 is worth to them. And I think a lot of people forget that. They don't look yeah. at it that way. And they're, and they're keyboard guys that are like, oh, I cook for my family and blah, blah, blah. It's like, great. I get it. Shit, I had a I had a conversation with a guy that told me that he cooks his pork butt at 190 degrees and it finishes. After what, 19 hours, 20 hours? But, <laughs> but here's the thing, for at like fat turns into collagen yeah. at about 180. Yeah. It needs to go to 200, 203 <laughs> to fully go completely through the meat. Yeah. So you can't tell me that you're, you're ever bringing that pork butt up to 203 degrees or 205 degrees if you're cooking it at 190 degrees. It can't no. ever pass. No, no, exactly. Like, it's not right. possible. <laughs> like, I don't care what you do. It doesn't work. And he's like, no, no, it works. And, man, he's, he posted, like, these pictures in this group, and the food... I like it looked like it had tar on it. Mm. He's like, I smoked the salmon for five and a half hours. What? And no, I'm like, no. oh yeah, no, no, yeah. I'm like, there's not enough 
fat on that salmon to be smoking for five and a half hours. Five and a half hours. It's yeah. No, I'm from up here. No way, man. No way. Dude, no, I no had way. I had a lady at a pop up. She was like, "Oh, we <laughs> wish we would have known you were here. We would have gotten food." But I just threw a salmon on our, you know, I just threw salmon on our pellet smoker and we were going to let it smoke on there and then we're going to, you know, eat it. And I'm like, oh, what temperature are you smoking at? She's like 250. And I'm like, awesome. How long has it been on there? She's like, about four hours. I'm like, yeah, come oh back to God. us. I'm like, come back to us when you can't eat your, your you know, your salmon jerky. Because yeah, there's no a, way. You're making smoked salmon at that point. Well, you're I mean, salmon. there's no way you're that shit's not drying out. No, no. There's no way. Especially if it's not brined. If it's not brined, yeah, it's dry. It's sawdust. I don't even know if it, if a brine would have saved that. No, well, if you brine it beforehand, but I mean, God, you know. But, but still, uh, for that yeah. long, you letting it go that long? No, and, and two fifty, maybe, maybe an hour at the most, maybe an hour. That stuff cooks quick. So we're three know? hours past. <laughs> yeah. We're looking in the rearview mirror here. Nope, 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 nope. We're looking at some charbroiled salmon. Like, it's going to be great. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm just oh, like, no. oh, my God. But it's just so funny how, like, I I keep all, like, I, at this point, like, unless I'm teaching a class and somebody's paying me money, like, or somebody's actually coming up to me and asking me for their, for their honest opinion of how to cook or whatever, I just got... People are like, oh, I cook this way. I'm like, that's fantastic. If that works for you. Like, yeah. I, I'm not like, I'm not giving you any advice or any input. I'm just going to give you, that's awesome. If that's what you're cooking with, you know, that's fantastic. You keep cooking. Um, I do get, we do get the question a lot. They're like, well, what temperature do you cook at? Yeah, you know, you know that's, that's the whole thing. I can't answer because some, some days I just don't, I'm looking at going, man, it's at 275. Fuck it. You know, that's where it's going to go, <laughs> you know, so. Well, and we cook, uh, we cook on a stick burner. So <clears throat> we cook a little hotter and faster. We like to be, I like to be at 275, 300, you know. Um, yeah. And every once in a while we go to 325. Shit happens. You know what I mean? And we'll stick at 300, 325 and go all day long. Um, well, I just did my first hot and fast brisket just to try it. It's one of those kind of things where I was kind of skeptical going, oh, does it really work? Do I really want to waste you know, 60 bucks in a brisket and do this and fuck it up. And I tried it and it came out freaking great. You know, it yeah. was like 325. It was actually almost up 340 a couple times because of the stick burner. But I was like, I'm going to let yeah, it go. Yeah, that swing's not that big of a deal. Yeah. And I let it go and then, you know, probed it when it was all buttery. I was like, oh man, I'm going to take this out. I'm going to let it rest. Let it rest for a couple hours. And I pulled it out and I cut it. And I was like, dude, this is freaking nice, man. After those freaking 14-hour days or nights, you know, and it worked. And I was like, cool, you know. I was sold. Yeah, dude. It, you know what? And um, I love the bark that I get on them, starting them nice and hot. Nice and hot. You know what I mean? Yeah. I get that really nice bark, really set and really, really fast. Um, and I tend to leave a little bit more fat on them. I won't trim quite as much. Where I'm going mm -hmm. hot and fast, I don't know if you trimmed like your your normal way. It probably worked out just perfectly, but I trimmed uh, the shit out of it, and you know, I probably should have left a little fat on it, you know. But um, the only thing I didn't get was the bark that I usually get when I go low and slow. But I also used a different seasoning for the first time and didn't put as much on. So I just I really went bare. I went caveman on. It. I didn't inject it. I didn't rub it down hardly at all. I just want to see what happened. And what happened was it, it tasted great. It had a good bend to it. Had a good pull to it. And it just didn't have that, you know, dark black bark or anything like that. But it was good. It tasted good, you know. Well, yeah, so. but it could have, it could have been that you went light on the seasoning. Yeah, and that's probably what it was too. That the black pepper didn't give you give you that 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 that, that crunchy bark that you really wanted. Yeah, I didn't um, cake it on. And like for us, we you know we get we get a good bark. You know, we wrap. I do wrap in in uh, butcher paper. Mm -hmm. Um. But your paper tends to work down here. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, whatever works, you know. You know, it works for us, you know, and it, it's fantastic. Um, the other nice thing that we do uh, with, with uh, if, if I have to, is if I take our butcher paper, I'll keep the, keep it in a butcher paper. I'll put it in a foil pan, and if I if I need to, I'll tent it over with uh, foil, mm -hmm. just to like almost make like a a small little like oven, so it kind of keeps that heat in there radiating yeah. bouncing back and forth if i have to kind of push through a stall or if we're 
if we're in uh, turbo mode and we're like, oh shit, this thing stalled for way too long, which does yeah. happen, unfortunately. Well, um, I've had a four-hour stall before. It's horrible. Dude, so a buddy of mine that caters was texting me uh, on Sunday telling me, he's like, dude, I don't know what the hell to do. He's like, this thing's been stalled for three and a half hours. Yeah. And I'm like, so I, I'm like, put in a foil pan, tent it over, keep it in the butcher paper, push it through the stall. He's like, dude, that saved my life. He's like, that that pushed through the stall amazingly. And I'm like, I can't really take full credit for it. Um, I learned that technique from Kevin Coleman, uh, Weber's uh, head, head barbecue man over there. He taught me that little technique. But it's like, man, sometimes that's just what you got to do. You got to do yeah. what you got to do. We were, we were uh, – we were working and I had, I got two giant pork butts. I had two giant pork butts for this event and they were probably, so I, we get them in cryo backs of two. Mm-hmm. It was 26 pounds for two of them. Jeez. It's like 13 pound pork butts. These were gigantic pigs. So we're cooking, cooking, cooking. This thing's not moving. I mean, it's not moving at all. And I'm looking at the time, you know what I mean? And I'm going, okay, it's at 145 degrees. <laughs> and I have six. I could have been there, man. I know. You're, I know, you're you, know you know what I'm saying? Like, I have six until service. <laughs> at the rate we're going, we'll be done tomorrow. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. what are we doing? So... You know, I've I've got I've taken pork butts off that had good butt, you know, good crust, and and wrapped them and threw them in you know a convection oven in our in our kitchen, and and let them finish out in the oven because at the end of the day, like Harry Sue says, BTUs are BTUs, and that's completely true. Um, yeah. Once the smoke's in, it's in, and you've already got the smoke, man. So yeah, but so but we've thrown them in, and like I've texted my buddy Kev and uh, and a couple of my other buddies, I'm like, hey, what's the hottest you've ever cooked a pork butt? <laughs> and they're like. 325 i'm like oh nothing hotter <laughs> and they're all like what like the next reply was what are you doing yeah you know what i mean like what what what's happening and i'm like dude i got like three hours to fucking move this thing we're in the oven at 450 like just going and you know they had huge fat caps so they rendered nice juicy pulled it in the juice everything oh, yeah. soaked back up and it's so funny because that day everyone complimented the pulled pork. Everyone was like, it was so good. And I'm like, I could never recreate that if I wanted to. <laughs> no. <laughs> but yet somehow today it's the most, it's the most amazing pulled pork you can get. Yeah. So now do you guys, uh, do you guys work with a lot of breweries or, cause I know there's a lot over there. Oh yeah. I mean, it might be the most in any state is up here in Washington. It's where kind of they originated from is in Washington state. Um, we were for a while, um, and it kind of, you know, like I said, there wasn't much traffic, wasn't much traffic flow through them, you know. So it's kind of like they want a special event. We'll come down and do something. Um, now, do you think it's because you guys have so many? Probably, yeah. It, it, you know, it's like that. So where we live, there's like Kingston, then there's like six other towns that are you know within twenty miles of each other. So that's you know, it's a pretty populated area but it's just you know like our town's small and you got another town right there and then you got another town right there and there's a city and um yeah it's it's popular it's military mostly you know but um yeah they, there's there's so many breweries there's probably how many how many breweries babe about t- 10 oh probably more than like 20 probably about 20 breweries in you know 30 mile radius yeah. there's a lot a lot and there's and not so, necessarily you got you like you're saying in, in smaller towns you're not you're, it's not like Chicago where there's, you know, how many millions of people are here. Yeah, there's no millions over here. Right? So <laughs> you, you, got, you got our town, like 2,300, and you get the next town, which is like 11,000. You get the next town, which is like maybe 18,000. There's no millions. It's under probably 60,000 people on this side of the Olympic Peninsula. Yeah, 60 mile radius. In a 60 mile radius, yeah. So it's it's pretty small. Yeah, and that, that makes it a little bit more difficult, right? That Yeah, it does. So. You know, if and if I want, I get, I get offers all the time. Hey, want to come work our brewery? Kind of like for the, for the time and cost and get down there and the money. It's it's almost not worth. it. I let the other guys have it. You know, um, there's other people that do like you know like there's a 
a tri-tip guy, that's what he does, a Santa Maria tri-tip, puts his cart down there and does that. That's cool, dude. Do that. You know, you're it doesn't it take nothing to, you know, do a tri-tip. You know, if you do it the way I do it, it takes five hours, you know, so it's a different story, you know, and I, I don't just do tri-tip, I do everything else, you know, so it's a process, you know, there's, it's up to a 10, 12 hour process. So I need to go down there and I need to be somewhere where I'm going to make some money, you know, I don't want to go down there and make, you know, oh, dude, dude, made 300 bucks, you know, I spent 700, you know, so, you're, you know, you're preaching to the choir, like, the hard thing is we have a couple breweries that, like, we love the people that run the breweries, and we're good friends with them. And they're like, please, they're like, when are you coming out again? When are you coming out again? And it's like, I, it's so hard. And I like, don't have the heart to be like, I don't make any money. Yeah, exactly. That's the like, problem. I so can't that's show why, up. Yeah. Unless that's you have I like kinda, a big event. I can't Yeah. Do it. I kind of pulled away from them. If you're going to have, you know, 300 people there. Yeah. I'll come down. But if it's like, oh, we're on trivia night and there's going to be 30 people there. No, no. I mean, I'll, I'll send you guys some salsa or something, but. I'm not trying to be a dick by saying that, but no. But the hard thing is, okay, you got 30 (laughs) people in there. How many people are going to eat? On average, you're probably maybe going to feed 15 of them if if you get 50. percent Yeah, exactly. And it's it's in the long run. I don't. I love barbecue. I love smoking. I love doing the stuff. I love you know the pitmaster life. I need to make money. That's what we're doing. That's our whole goal. Your goal, my goal. We we do this for our livelihood. We need to make money. I got to pay bills, and. In the long run, I do, I do this stuff. I love watching people being happy, but I needed people there to be happy. <laughs> I just don't need. Oh, I hope there's gonna be some people there and tell the guy, hey, so we're gonna get the pork by afterwards, make nachos. No, you know, I'm not doing that. So I just I, I have enough confidence, and you do, and, and a thousand other guys do that. My food is worth something, and you know, I, I pick and choose where I want to go to make it. You know. But with that, but that that's also why we're doing it, right? It, it's exactly it, if it's not worth something then, then why do it exactly you know and like we you know i've had a couple breweries where it's like dude i made i made 95 dollars yesterday and i'm not not saying this isn't yeah, actually yesterday but it's like i made yeah. 95 dollars at your brewery yesterday in sales yeah my food, shit my food cost was 230 yeah Here, you know I, I mean, here's the problem <laughs> yeah we did we did a freaking uh event where I did the mac and the double dog Sunday, the mac and cheese and the pulled pork and thing. And I made a 50 portion. We sold all out. We made a shit ton of money. And then we came down there with our bread and butter, the Trisket dip. And they forgot to, you know, they forgot to charge nine people 10 bucks. You know, and I was like, that's a lot of money because they forgot to charge them. You know, and I was like, yeah, that's an issue. Dude, you know, I'm not doing this no more. And that's what we kind of pulled out. I was like, I'm done with the brewers here because these people are in there getting drunk and they're sidetracked. And we're just going to do our own thing. I'm going to, I'm going to, Cater events and do pop-ups and catering events is where the money's at. That's where you make our coworkers, you know, do a, do a freaking. Well, the nice thing about the nice thing about catering is the the food sold. Yeah, it's done. It's done deal. You know, I felt I kind of felt bad for our last catering job. Um, we just did it this Saturday. The guy calls me first of all. Calls me. I would say maybe I maybe twenty six hours before we're supposed to be there. Ooh, yeah, that's rough. And goes, hey, I gotta, we gotta change the numbers. Is that possible? And I'm like, well, what do you mean by change the numbers? It's supposed to be for a hundred people. Can you cook for a hundred and forty? Big difference. So, yeah, you know, yeah. That's a, it's a forty percent yeah. different there, buddy. Um, and I, 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 I looked, I thought about it, and then I'm like, yeah, we'll do it. We, we got you covered. We're gonna help you guys out. We're we we cut we cover it. Um, I'm gonna reset. I'm like I told him like I gotta re you know I'm gonna change the invoice. I'm gonna send it to you and blah blah blah. Now he asked us to also work the event and serve everything, and I was like that's no problem. We can do all that. Blah blah. blah. Did it. This event was slightly um, there wasn't as much planning as there should have been. Yeah, <laughs> you know because we we have we have a portable generator that we bring if we need it. But I, go, I always ask, I'm like, listen, do you have power? You have power? Awesome. My hot boxes can work off of it. I don't have to worry about it. I won't bring my generator. It costs me less money, right? Yeah. Then I'm not paying for the gas. Oh, yeah, dude, we got power. We got everything. Don't worry about it. Oh, okay. Cool. I go and, you know, he's like, where we're going to be at is like, it's this, you know, great courtyard, blah, 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 blah. 
we get there and the guy's like, we have no idea what the hell we're doing. And I'm like, <laughs> oh. Oh, no. Okay. Okay, here we go. Uh, and, I, and I'm like, do you guys have garbage cans? Not for us. Like, we brought our own garbage cans because we have, like, these pop-up garbage cans that work fantastically. Yeah. But I'm looking around. There's no garbage cans for people to throw away plates <laughs> or anything else, right? Yeah. And I'm like, you guys have garbage cans? And they're like, oh, well, there's one all, like, and he, like, points, like, down the, like, courtyard. And I'm like, oh, yeah, because people are going to want to carry their stuff, you know, 500 yards to drop something off. Yeah. Like, let's be honest. Most people don't want to carry it 15 feet, <laughs> let alone, you know, 300 feet down the road. So I'm like, oh, oh, okay, okay. So we're going to figure that part out. And then I'm like, oh, by the way, can, like, it's getting darker earlier here, right? And we were starting at 630. Now, we don't bring portable lights with us. He's like, oh, he goes, so you, I'm like, do you guys have any lights at all? Because there were no, like, they had this beautiful tent set up. <clears throat> And I was like, are there any lights? And they're like, no. You think we'll need them? Yeah, it's going to get dark. <laughs> so <clears throat> then they're like freaking out, trying to like scramble together some lights and all that stuff. It's, it came together. It was fantastic. But what I really kind of felt bad about is at the end of the night, I'm like, so what do you guys want to do with all this extra food? And he's like, how much extra food do you guys have? They ordered two meats, two, two, two sides, right? They wanted pulled pork, uh, brisket, mac and cheese, and coleslaw. We had, a, we had two full pans of mac and cheese. Our full pans of mac and cheese, for with us serving in our portion control serving, we serve about 30 people out of a pan. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. We only went through three pans. <laughs> Which means I only served 90 people. Yeah. And there were some students that came back for seconds because the, the guy was like, hey, can we do seconds? And I looked at the amount of food I had. I was like, yeah, sure. You paid for it. Really? Yeah. But we had, we had almost a full pan of brisket and we had almost a – we had two full pans of um, pulled pork left. I'm like – you guys did, I'm like, you did not hit 140. I go, you barely hit 90. Yeah. And I kind of felt bad because it's like, man, you paid for a lot of extra food that was never eaten. Yeah. And they were like, it's okay. They're like, we're going to give it to, you know, staff and coaches and whatever and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, cool. As long as it gets eaten, I don't care. Like, go for yeah. it. But I just kind of, you know, I kind of fell back. So I was like, man. No, I've been there too, where you you know, cook all this food and you put your everything into it. And you get there and like, oh man, they didn't have what they said they're going to have here. And I get that mentality out of my head, but I'm feeling sorry for them. I'm like, well, this is what they said. And they paid they for it. For. Sorry. So the sorry, only thing yeah, that I'll... killed me was the only thing that killed me was like, dude, I I busted my ass to make sure yeah, that do. I could add those forty people. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like we had we we had two events that day, so I cooked probably for roughly probably 260 people that day. Yeah. Now it's only me in the kitchen cooking. A lot of fucking food for one person to shell out. Oh yeah, yeah. So, it, it, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, man, I killed myself just to, just to make sure that I could get those extra 40 in there. It would have been a hell of a lot easier if I didn't have to cook for another 40 people that yeah. weren't going to show up. No, but, man, no. you know, at the end of the day, it could have been the other way around where they cooked for 90 and halfway through it, we're like, dude, we don't have any fucking food. Exactly. Overcooked, man. You know, and it's... You just kind of sometimes got to do it. Yep. Yep. It's hard. It's hard. I know that, you know. Well, man, dude, I want to say thank you so much for coming on the podcast, hanging out with us, chatting barbecue. Um, I like to end the podcast this way, and I think this will be a fun question for you. If you could go back to the beginning of time when you started cooking, right, and knowing yeah. what you know now, what are three tips you would give yourself to help shorten your learning curve? Number one is patience. 
patience. And a lot of the stuff I'm going to say is not just for me, but it's for new people starting off is have patience. Don't, when you hit that stall, when you, you know, over, overthink it, just don't overthink it. Don't, you know, let your, whatever you're cooking on, let it do its job. Yeah, that's the, that's the hardest thing though to learn. It so is. hard. And I think too is don't be afraid to step outside the box. And when I say that, it's like, you read all this stuff about you got to do it this way. You got to do it this way. And you think maybe you think something different. Try it. Try something different. Like, you know, the tri-tip, you know, it doesn't have to be 375 for 20 minutes and revert in 135 pounds or 135 degrees. Pull it. It can be, hey, I'm going to cook it like a brisket. What happens? Like you said, you cooked a, a pork belly like a brisket, right? Yeah. And it's fantastic. It, dude, yeah. we now get orders for that. Yeah. Step outside the box, man. Try something different. Try you know, hey, I'm going to try this meat. What's going to happen when I do this? And try it. If it freaking fails, it fails, you know? Yeah. And then three, I would have to say, believe in yourself. Believe in yourself. Believe, like, you know, and, you know, I know there's a lot of people out there that are just doing this for their hobby, their own, just their family stuff. Not everybody's going to be, you know, catering or sure. competition chef or a pit master or whatever. But believe in yourself, you know, we're all our worst critics. And you were probably harder on yourself. I'm hard on myself. I'm like, oh, man, this could take like shit. And everybody's like, oh, this is the greatest thing I ever had in my life. Um, yeah, usually I'm still there when I'm like, oh, God, it's fucking disgusting. I'm still there. I'm still there. My wife's like, shut the hell up. <laughs> I'm like, no, this is going to suck. It's going to be horrible. Everybody's like, dude, where are you from? Um, but this is so good. Yourself. Yeah, believe in yourself. You know, in, in the famous words of the Marine Corps, uh, improvise, adapt, and overcome. You know, uh, just do your own thing. Believe in yourself. Do your own thing. If you like it, everybody else is going to like it, you know? So yeah. that's it. And and sometimes sometimes the hardest part is uh, actually believing in yourself. <laughs> that, it is. It is, dude. It is totally that, you know? Man, once again, I want to say thank you so much for coming on the podcast. If you can do one last thing for me, can you let everyone know where they can follow your barbecue journey? Not a problem, Mikey. Uh, first off, Mikey K., Man Meat Barbecue, thank you so much for having us on. It was an honor and a pleasure. If you guys want to find us, we're at um, Instagram, Semper underscore fine underscore barbecue dot com. Uh, Facebook is just Semper Fine Barbecue. Twitter, Semper Fine Barbecue. And then Google Business, Semper Fine Barbecue. Dude, fantastic, man. Thank you so much. And uh, we'll have to catch up with you in a couple months and see where you're at. Thank you, brother. Pleasure.